0: Happy New Year everybody. Hope you had a great New Year's Eve. And uh yeah, so glad 2020 is over. I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. Hopefully twenty twenty one is better. Um but yeah, first episode of twenty twenty one. Let's do it. Uh topics today. Gonna be talking about a few uh a few Netflix movies as well as uh one movie that you can rent right now as uh, theater at home. Um, Those movies are We Can Be Heroes um, from director Robert Rodriguez, who did like Spy Kids and stuff like that. Uh, Midnight Sky, actually directed by uh, George Clooney. Don't know if this is his first time directing or not. um, But yeah, he's also starring in it, which is also a Netflix movie. Um, There's The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about that one. Also, a mockumentary from Netflix called Death to 2020. And the theater at home movie is called Greenland and it stars Gerard Butler. Um, yeah. And then aside from the movies, I'm also going to be talking about Cobra Kai season three. Very excited to talk about that. Um, and before any of that. I'm going to be talking about my top 10 favorite movies of 2020 as well as my most anticipated movies of 2021. So yeah, once again, happy new year, everybody. Let's get into this episode. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. All right, so my top 10 favorite movies of 2020. Gonna try to keep it short for each of these and not talk too in-depth about all of them uh, because, yeah, just want to keep the ball rolling. Uh, Starting off at 10, got Sonic the Hedgehog. We all know about the first trailer Where Sonic looked like goddamn Steve Buscemi or some shit. And it was awful. And a bunch of people on the internet were just like, you know, agreeing with each other. Like, this shit is bad. And so they actually changed it. um, Which part of me wonders if that was a publicity move to get people to watch it. If they redid the animation. Um, But I don't know. Could be, maybe not. Um, But who knows? I guess the studio executives know. And they're probably going to take that to the grave if that is a true conspiracy. (laughs) Um, Obviously, stars James Marsden as Tom, uh, Ben Schwartz as Sonic, which I very much liked Ben Schwartz voicing Sonic in this. Um, And also jim carrey as dr robotnik um from the trailers jim carrey didn't seem great as that character he looked very over the top kind of doing a little bit of the same thing that he does a lot just like kind of being a little bit like will ferrell and being loud and trying to pass that as comedy but no, I actually really liked Doctor Doctor Robotnik in this, even though he was over the top. Um, he was very much meant to be, uh, and I think Jim Carrey was a very great pick for that character. Um, yeah, overall, it's not my favorite movie ever, but in terms of this year, when a lot of movies really weren't released, um, that I would fully enjoy. Because i I got to be honest, I it w- wasn't easy making this list um, and where to put everything. Um, but yeah, let's keep it rolling. Uh, number nine, got Birds of Prey. I really do like this movie. I've seen it a lot of times now. Um, out of all the DC movies, it's the one that I feel kind of tries to do its own thing. A lot of people could can easily compare it to Suicide Squad, but it's it's a lot more than Suicide Squad. Uh it kinda makes Harley Quinn the new Joker in a way, which honestly I kinda just because Joker is such a such a um I wouldn't I don't wanna say overused but kind of overused character. Um it's nice to see Harley you know, kind of get the spotlight a little bit more. I I think that she, uh, especially being played by Margot Robbie, is she's such a great character. And uh, I also really love the Harley Quinn uh, animated series with Kaylee Cuoco playing uh, Harley Quinn. That is such a great show, and I very much recommend it. Um, so yeah, go check that out. I believe it's on HBO Max. Um, but yeah, uh, one thing I will say is the budget for this movie seems not very high and it shows in a few parts with certain effects, digital effects, and also costume design. I really did not like the design for Black Mask, um, although I did love Ewan McGregor in that movie. O- overall i really loved the cast and they all had great on-screen chemistry so it's a great movie overall but it has a few flaws um but i put it ahead of sonic the hedgehog because it's just a bit better of a movie better a little bit better writing and stuff like that and um definitely a movie i've watched more than Sonic. Not to say Sonic is bad. Or not even to say. Birds of Prey is bad. Because you know. There's other movies ahead of this. But you know. It's just the top 10 list. You know. You, you kind of know how these things go. If you're used to watching top 10s. Or listening to them. But um, yeah. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, at 8. I have Netflix. The Netflix original film, *Mank*. Um, I recently watched this, very recently, uh, and loved it to death. I, well, in my initial review, I didn't quite know how I felt about it. I knew I liked a lot of aspects of it, but, I don't know, just something about it. I was like, ah, there's just not a whole lot that goes on, I feel like, and. Certain aspects are kind of hard for me to understand in terms of the lingo of filmmaking and also politics plays a big part in it. But other than that, this movie, I still haven't been able to get it out of my head since I watched it, just a lot of parts of it and just the way it was made. And it's definitely a movie I think I'm going to go back to more than once, more than twice, more than three times. Who knows? I definitely want want people to watch this, but it's not for everybody. Um, coming in at number seven, I have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, this movie is has quite simple plot. It takes place over the span of like a day, I think, uh, in a recording studio. And it stars Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman. This is Chadwick Boseman's final performance. And it's movies like these that make me miss him a lot. Because his acting was incredible. He had two very incredible monologues in this film. That just stuck with me. Especially the first one. This first one more than the second. But... I honestly really recommend you guys check this out. I honestly don't think a lot of people have watched it. I could be wrong, but I just don't hear a lot of people talking about it, really. um. Especially since it kind of came out like pretty recently around the holidays. A lot of people kind of don't watch any new releases. Especially ones that aren't like, you know huge shows or movies or stuff like that um, like action movies usually these kind of dramas get swept under under the rug a little bit um, next up I have uh, in number six Palm Springs which I believe is a hulu original film and stars uh kristen Kristen Mal- Maloney. Milioti, sorry, Kristen Milioti, who plays most most notably to me, the mom on How I Met Your Mother. But I've she's actually in Death to Twenty Twenty as well, which I'll talk be talking about later. But yeah, I've seen her popping up in a lot recently. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, she she was in a Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> But yeah. Um Where was I going with this? Yeah, Her and Andy Sandberg and it's kind of the plot of Groundhog Day with uh um Bill Murray where essentially they're living the same day over and over again. Um I very much like Andy Sandberg. Some of his comedy can kind of be a miss in certain places. But I very much liked him here. Um, JK Simmons is also in this. It has a pretty pretty fun cast. It doesn't try to be anything too too fucking insane. And at the at the end of the day, it it's kind of a real feel good movie. I whenever I think about this movie I only have positive feelings and Although it's not the most critically acclaimed movie of 2020, um, I still think it very much deserves to have a place on my list and anyone's list, honestly, for the best of 2020. Um, Yeah, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and watch it. Um, Definitely a feel-good movie with some a little tiny bit of sci-fi and very good comedy um yeah and the two main characters have great chemistry so it's definitely worth a watch um at number 5 i have hamilton which some people would be like isn't that a play or a musical i'm like yeah but if you remember disney plus put out a Basically film version of Hamilton, but like the stage performance. Um, Some people might not think it counts, but fuck you for that. So, uh, (laughs) no. Um, I put it on the list because I've watched it a bunch of times. Personally, I do like musicals quite a bit, but honestly, I'm pretty picky. Uh, Most musicals I do not like very much most of the time. Well, that's not necessarily true. There's certain musicals I don't like, like Les Miserables. I've watched some of that, and I'm like, this is fucking depressing. But, um, yeah, Hamilton. It's just so creative. Lin-Manuel Miranda is a fucking genius. And it brings a whole new meaning to fucking some musical not just musicals but almost like bringing a whole new meaning to history in a way um i know it's not not very accurate with a lot of stuff but it makes it its own and kind of brings out certain aspects of that time and those people that can be applied to today um and also, a bunch of the songs get stuck in my head. They're very fucking catchy. If you haven't watched this, please, please, please do yourself a favor and watch Hamilton. Um, I love Mamma Mia. That's my favorite musical. Hamilton is a very, 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 very close second. Almost taking the first, first place spot. But... I just love Mamma Mia for some reason. So, yeah. Um, Next up, I have The Invisible Man at number four. This movie, I haven't watched in a bit, but this is how you do horror slash suspense very, very right. Um, and trying to do something... You know, that's an old concept like Frankenstein or, or, you know, here, The Invisible Man. Um, Yeah, you have Elizabeth Moss in this, uh, I believe. I can't remember her character's name at the moment. But she is basically in this abusive relationship with this really rich guy. And uh, he ends up, quote unquote, killing himself. But really, uh, well, apparently to her, well, not apparently, but according to to her, she thinks that he's not actually dead and that he found a way to turn himself invisible and just fucking terrorize her. Um, The people around her definitely don't believe her, definitely think she's crazy. But, yeah, the audience definitely... Gets to find out over time if she actually is crazy or not. Which I'm sure most people can assume the answer is... No, she's not crazy. (laughs) Um, It's kind of obvious or else there really wouldn't be too much of a movie. But it would be kind of interesting to get a movie where somebody thinks there's somebody invisible. Like... You know... Messing with them and terrorizing them. And... No, they're just crazy, but it really makes you think that uh, that there might be somebody there. That would be a cool idea, which they've already kind of done shit like that with, like, A Beautiful Mind a little bit, but that's not a horror movie. Um, I would want I would, want to do, like, a psychological thriller slash horror. You know what? I'm going to stop talking right now because maybe I'll actually write that someday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sorry for rambling such a great movie though if you haven't watched it i really highly suggest it unless you don't like scary shit which i can understand but even then it's like you know what you should still watch it though (laughs) um next up number three i have the king of staten island while this movie has a lot of flaws i've watched this movie so many times to the point where i pretty much got sick of it um, and there's there's definitely a lot of flaws in it, but it has a lot of fucking personality. It's funny, it's heartfelt, and it's fucking real. I like Pete Davidson in the movie. I'll, I'll, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but people kind of shit on Pete Davidson for being, like, the one-note kind of stoner guy. I get that, but... I don't know. There was just something that he really brought to this film that I was like, "Shit, dude." <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. There's there's definitely spots where it's like, yeah, he doesn't really convey other emotions other than like kind of being high sometimes, but like when he when he has a serious moment, it's real and it fucking it it gets me every time. Um the scene in specific uh the scene specifically that i'm talking about is when he's talking to his mom uh later on in the movie. For those of you who haven't seen it, i won't spoil it, but yeah, i would definitely say you guys should check it out. Uh at the number 2 spot, i have The Travel of the Chicago 7. Uh, Which I literally just watched yesterday. So I'm surprised that I put it on here. But yeah, just the fucking characters in this movie and the people that play them are so fucking incredible. And uh, also, I'm a sucker for period pieces. I haven't said that in this episode, but I've said that before on this podcast. So that's another reason why it's on the list. I also very much enjoy courtroom dramas, uh, even though I, uh, uh, kind of shit on them, um, shit on the people that, that watch them, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I gotta be honest, this movie had me fucking, my heart sank in so many parts for these people, specifically, um, Yaya Abdul-Mateen's character, which... I'm trying to remember his name right now. Where's my notes for that? Let me look. Um, Bobby Seal, Yeah. Um, I forget what... I believe this took place during the time of uh, the Vietnam War can't remember exactly what year but uh, i think it might have been like 60 uh late 60s that this movie took place maybe early 70s um and these characters were basically trying to protest the draft um and seven people ended up getting mixed up in what turned out to be basically cops versus protesters. And it's very, very, very relevant to today and in so many ways. And then there's also parts of it where it's like, uh, I uh, I know it's a film, so I wonder how much of it's real, but there's certain things in there where it's just like, I can't fucking believe what's going on right now there's just certain things i don't want to give anything away for anybody who hasn't seen it but seriously it's on netflix most of you have it please 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 do yourself a favor check this movie out if you don't like it fine but honestly courtroom dramas sound boring but it's surprisingly funny too you got sasha baron cohen in there which you know at first, I didn't know how I felt about the comedy aspect. But over time, it, it really latched on to me. So, um... Yeah, I'm honestly just gonna... Uh... Count that as my review for Trial of Chicago 7. Um... Because I think I definitely talked about it enough. Um... So there you go. Alright. bet you're wondering what's at my number one spot. Um... Yeah, I gotta be honest, it's Disney-Pixar's soul. Um, this movie is fucking incredible. And I don't think people appreciate it enough yet. Uh, I think it might be one of those that that people start to appreciate over time. Or maybe it's just going to be one of those that, you know, falls, falls or gets swept under the rug a little bit. Um, I hear a lot of people praising it, but I think that it's not going to you know, become as classic as the other Pixar films, which is sad for me, but also it's like, all right, I can kind of just hoard this for myself a little bit. Um, Not to say that other people don't like it, because obviously I just said that a lot of people have been praising it, but it's just, it's so, I hate to just like say deep, and not just like well philosophical rather it's very philosophical um it's very uh it's very mature for a Pixar movie it's definitely the most mature Pixar movie yet um and yeah it's honestly right up there with like Inside Out and it can it's basically if Inside Out and Coco combined And then just made this like, oh, it's gorgeous. But it's still its own thing. And uh, also, I really love jazz music. So uh, Whiplash is one of my favorite movies. And I constantly listen to the soundtrack. So having jazz music in this movie just made me love it even more. Um, Character of Joe was great. Love Tina Fey as 22. And it's just something so different from what... Pixar is done and I just appreciate so many different things about it um yeah there's there's my top 10 of uh 2020 wonder what you guys think wonder if you guys agree with me in some spots or disagree with me um I would definitely like to hear if you guys uh have a difference of opinion I'm sure most of you do Um, I'm sure not every list is the same out of, out of so many people, but, um, I'm sure, I'm sure there's people out there that are like, oh yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely didn't like half the movies on this list. (laughs) Fair enough, you know, but also not a lot of movies came out this year, um, well, a lot of movies came out this year, but the ones that I usually flock to kind of got delayed a little bit. Maybe that was a good thing. I don't know. But hopefully uh, hopefully this year brings in a lot of fun movies. Uh, which brings us into our no- next subject. Uh, my Top 10 Most Anticipated Films of 2020. Uh, or not 2020, 2021. Um, yeah. So, let's just do that right now. Um, at number 10, I have Top Gun Maverick. Uh, very much looking forward to this movie simply because Tom Cruise is definitely going to deliver some amazing stunts. That's what I come to Tom Cruise movies for, is to see what crazy shit he does this time. Um, Every every movie Tom Cruise has been a part of over the last, like, probably, I want to say like five or six years or so, ever since Ghost Protocol, I want to say that, like, all his movies have been very, very good from what I've seen, other than... The Mummy. That movie was a piece of shit. Um, Jack Reacher, I believe, is the name of the other two movies he was in. Those are okay. Um, I I think that was him. I'm pretty sure. It was either that or fucking... uh, Chris, Chris Pine? Yeah. I don't know. But... Definitely looking forward to this. I like the original Top Gun. It's not one of my favorite movies, but I still very much enjoy it. It's a classic. Uh also uh Miles Teller's attached to it, so I'm excited to see him. It's gonna be playing Goose's son. I don't know. It should be a fun movie. It's gonna have great stunts and just like stunt work, stunt um filming. Just from the trailer alone, it looks like it's going to be a visual masterpiece. So, I'm very much looking forward to it for that reason alone. Uh, so, that's why it gets on this list. Uh, next up, got The Eternals at number 9. Um, I gotta say, I'm not 100% certain if this movie is going to be good or not. I, I, I tr- have faith because it's Marvel, but I just it's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy before Guardians of the Galaxy came out. It's like, I don't know these people, and this seems like a weird premise. Don't know if I'm going to like this. So I'm hoping that I will like this, uh, just like I liked Guardians of the Galaxy, or if not that, then more. Um, I like the names attached to it, specifically Richard Madden, um, who was on Game of Thrones as, uh, uh, oh shoot, Uh, fuck, what was his name on that show, god damn it, god damn it Bobby, I honestly can't remember now, and I don't feel like looking it up, but you know who I'm talking about if you've watched Game of Thrones, He was one of the Stark children. Um, Fucking loved him on that show. He was one of my favorite characters. Um, Still watching that, by the way. But I'll get through it eventually. Um, Yeah. Fuck, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, he's also been in a show called The Bodyguard, which I watched, like, the first two episodes of, and I was like, this shit feels really real and is making me like kind of (laughs) panicky because it it has to deal with like terrorism and shit and it just felt really real so uh, other than that I fucking loved it though but it was just a little bit intense for me at the time uh, when I was watching it but yeah uh, love Richard Madden so and there were other cast members as well Uh, Kumail Nunjiani I always fuck up his name Angelina Jolie, I, I could really take it or leave it with her, I, I don't, I've seen movies she's in, I, I, I don't hate her, I don't love her, I literally just, I don't care, <laughs> she's kind of like uh, a Jennifer Lopez to me, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, maybe I just haven't seen her in something something that I would really like, but. Yeah, I could kinda take it or leave it with her. Um at number eight I have Halloween Kills. Very much liked Twenty Eighteen's Halloween. I believe that was twenty eighteen. Um it's gonna be directed by the same guy. And uh yeah. I recently watched all the Halloween movies around Halloween time and fucking loved them to death. So yeah, perfectly ready to watch this one and cannot wait uh at number seven i have jackass four very much excited to see johnny knoxville and steve-o and all the all the gang back um it'll definitely be their last one wa- last one um because they're getting old and heard that steve-o and johnny knoxville got hospitalized in the first day of shooting so yeah uh <laughs> Good luck on the rest of the, the, the filming, boys. But um, very much looking forward to seeing the gang back and uh, just kind of wrap it all up in a nice bow. See them one last time for them to send it off, especially after losing uh, a couple of their members, I, I I think. Not familiar with exactly who they were. Ryan Dunn, I think, was one of them. But, um, yeah, I always have a good laugh or also want to throw up while I watch them. So I will definitely be watching this movie as soon as it comes out. At number six, I have A Quiet Place Part Two. Loved the first A Quiet Place movie and was really looking forward to this movie in 2020, but obviously got pushed back. So that's why it's on this list. Still looking forward to it. Looking forward to them expanding the universe a little bit and kind of, you know, seeing what the rest of the world is like. Maybe not the rest of the world, but what other places are like other than just their farm and the small town they live near. Great movie if you haven't seen the first one. Go check it out. At number five, I have Black Widow. Very much looking forward to this. Um, Finally, Black Widow gets her own solo movie. Uh, I like the casting in it with uh Florence Pugh and David Harbour forget the mother's name in that but um hopefully it'll be a good movie I have I I think it will be but I'm still not entirely sure uh I'm really not sure with any of the Marvel movies it they could end up bad I'm just hoping that they won't (laughs) so yeah uh, number four, another Marvel movie, Shang-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings. So much anticipation for this movie because I love shit like Bruce Lee and like just fucking martial arts kind of things right now, especially because of Cobra Kai and shit like that. I'm just really on a fucking martial arts kick right now. <laughs> no pun intended, but this movie should be fucking cool. Um, I always love good stunt work. So I think that movie will really deliver with that with stunt work and, you know, just action in general. Um, Not familiar with the character at all, but just knowing that there's, you know, cool. I don't know if it's kung fu or what specific martial arts they use in it, but anything with martial arts I usually will be like. Okay, I want to watch this. <laughs> um, so yeah, very excited for that. Even more than Black Widow and Eternals. Um, at number three is In the Heights, which is based on another uh, musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda. As that, as far as I know, it's by him. Um, and he is going to be directing this film, I believe. And he wrote it. And, uh, yeah, I don't really know the plot. I know it's about, like, uh, equality and stuff like that and having to do with race. Um, other than that, I'm, I really don't re- quite know what to expect from it. But I do know it's a musical. And just based off of the trailer I saw, it got me very emotional and, uh, yeah, it just seems like a really, really good, good musical that I'm gonna fucking love just as much as Hamilton. Um, hopefully, if not more. All right, numbers two and one. All right, these are the big boys. At number two, I got The Suicide Squad that's gonna be directed by, well, is directed by, uh, Um, why am I blanking on his name? name i know his brother's name is sean god damn it why am i struggling so much gun james gunn there we go knew how to get it <laughs> uh this is gonna be directed by james gunn who did the guardians of the galaxy movies um and just based off of guardians of the galaxy the guardians of the galaxy movies and also the people attached to this movie i'm just fucking pumped uh can't wait to see what's in store for it. I know this is probably going to be the best DC movie ever. Uh, Man of Steel is my favorite DC movie. This might surpass that, hopefully. Um, just sounds like it's going to be a fucking fucking thrill ride of a movie. Pretty sure it's going to be rated R. Great cast. Idris Elba, uh, Margot Robbie. Also, Pete Davidson is in it, so... That'll be interesting to see him in kind of a superhero, well, more anti-hero, but, you know, like a superhero action film. He has never really done that before, so should be interesting. Um, but yeah, just all all everything attached to it, like all the people attached to it, and, you know, uh, from what I've heard so far, I'm just, just so fucking excited for this. So, yeah, very much looking forward to that. But at my number one pick for my most anticipated movies of 2021, the most anticipated movie is Spider Man 3, um, directed by Sam Raimi and starring Tobey Maguire. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, obviously, the one with Tom Holland that's going to have, hopefully, uh, probably Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. While I'm very, very, very nervous about, you know, them overstuffing this movie like they've done before with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man 2, sometimes too much is just... It's just gonna... I don't know. I don't know. I'm nervous... But I'm also so fucking excited because Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Honestly, probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, characters in all of of the cinema and comic books and shit. And TV and just all that. (sighs) But yeah, there you go. That was my top 10 favorite movies of 2020 and my top 10 most anticipated movies of 2021. That took quite a while to get through, but... We'll keep trucking right along. Uh, all right, now I'm going to talk about a few movies, uh, and then after that, we'll get into Cobra Kai season three. Uh, first movie I'll talk about is let's go with Death to Twenty Twenty. So this is a mockumentary that came from Netflix, and uh, it stars Hold Up Samuel L. Jackson as as Dash Bracket. Hugh Grant as, uh, Temison Foss, or Tennyson, or Temison, can't tell, uh, Camille N- N- Nanjiani, no, I always say it wrong, as Bart Multiverse, Tracy Ullman as the Queen, Samson Kao as Pyrex, uh, Flask, Diane Morgan as Gemma Narek. uh, Kristen Meliotti as Kathy Flowers, Joe Curie as Duke Goolies, Lily Sullivan as Amy, uh Angelo Angelo Irving as Boris Johnson, Leslie Jones as Dr. Maggie Gravel, and Lauren- Lawrence Fishburne as the narrator. <sighs> okay. I'm gonna be straight up with you guys. It's not good. Uh It tries to be, well, it's funny, but there's just things that do it better, I feel like. And at this point, it's just like, yeah, we get it. 2020 was bad, and also we're making all the same jokes about toilet paper and shit. And It's just like, yeah, we all fucking know. No fucking shit. I get that you're trying to make something funny out of it in a mockumentary, but at the same time, it's just like... This feels fucking redundant and unneeded. And you know who did it better? Andrew Schultz. Literally, a week before. uh, With Andrew Schultz saves the world or America or some shit. He really made something funny kind of an ode to 2020 kind of more of a fuck you to 2020 um so yeah i recommend you go check out andrew schultz before you check out this in fact i actually recommend you don't check this out because it's not really worth your time but if you're like me and you saw the cast go ahead and check it out also i left out uh lisa kudrow as uh Janetta, Grace, Susan. Yeah. There's certain jokes in this. And, like, it's kind of fun having these characters play, like, uh, uh just, like, over-the-top kind of versions of the people that you see in the world these days. Like, doctors and scientists and rich people and, uh, politicians, and, uh, you know, literally monarchs, and also Karens. <laughs> Kristen Niliati is basically a Karen in this. Uh, that's one thing I will say, that shit was hilarious. But other than that, this movie, or, yeah, I guess I would call the it movie, it's only like an hour and ten minutes, um, but it's, it's, uh not not my favorite uh, again you know andrew schultz did it better and uh kind of just touches on the same fucking jokes that everybody's making about 2020 so it's not very original um, there's a lot of work put into it it feels like so uh they were probably just like well shit a bunch of people already did this but i guess we'll put it out anyway because it has some big names in it um but yeah that really doesn't get it too far at least not for me, but I'm sure other people might flock to it. But that was me crumpling up my notes for that. Uh, yeah, just skip it. <laughs> um, yeah, now I want to talk about The Midnight Sky. Uh, this movie is directed by, by George Clooney, which I'm not sure if this is his directorial debut or if he's directed before I think he might have directed before uh and the screenplay is by Mark Smith cast uh George Clooney as Augustine Felicity Jones as Sully uh David Oyelowo oh god Oyelowo 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 David Oyelowo hopefully i'm saying that right as, uh, Adewol. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. A-D-E-O-W-L. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I'm an idiot. A-D-E-W-O-L. <laughs> um. Some interesting, uh, named people here. Uh. Especially Augustine. It's like, wow. I mean, that's kind of a cool name. I can't lie. Uh. Tiffany Boone as Maya. You got Kyle Chandler as Mitchell, which, based on his name, I don't recognize him, but I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the dad from Super 8. Okay. <laughs> um, And then, what the fuck kind of name is this? No offense, but K- Kale? It's It's like they tried to name her Carolyn, but they had dyslexia or some shit. It's C-A-O-I-L-I-N-N. It's like K. Ca... Ca... I don't know. Ka- Ka- I'm just gonna say Carolyn... For the sake of my own fucking insanity. Carolyn Springhall... As Iris. Um... Yeah... There's a few other characters in here... But they're not really the main characters. Um takes place in 2049, and there's a vague, uh, nuclear, just, like, fallout all over Earth, uh, that they definitely don't really, like, explain or anything like that, but, like, you know what happened, which was, which was kind of cool, um, it's like, oh, yeah, this fucking globe fucking just extinction event uh we're we're gonna allude to it but we're not gonna show you any of it because it's like yeah why would we do that <laughs> um a lot of people aren't gonna like this movie because it's very slow and uh not not really a whole lot happens um however i i enjoyed this movie more than i th- oh well not even that because I didn't even watch like a trailer or anything going into this. I was going in completely blind. All I knew was that it was based on a book. Um, but, I mean, man. Uh, basically, what what we start off with in the movie is George Clooney's uh, character, Augustine, is in this uh, basically like... Uh, satellite kind of base area in the north near the north pole uh he's all alone there although he figures out after a bit he's actually not all alone there's a little girl there named iris so he needs to get in contact with a team of astronauts up in space to hopefully get this little girl to safety because uh, Augustine is an older man and dying of what seems like cancer or something like that. He's very sick. Um, there's a little twist in the, in the end here that I, I saw coming from the beginning. Not going to say what it is, obviously, but, uh, I saw it coming, but at the same time I was like, I could be wrong about it, but I think this is where this is going. But even if this is where it's going, I'm still enjoying this overall. It's not the best movie, uh, obviously, because it's not on my best of 2020. But I don't know. It's not bad. I I enjoyed it for what it was. It wasn't a whole lot, but it was visually very very nice to look at, especially in the parts where they were on the space station. Those scenes were very cool. Any scene in space is going to be cool to me, honestly. It doesn't take a whole lot to impress me sometimes. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's not the best movie, again. But it's worth a watch. Um, And I think I might go back and watch this at some point in the future. Next movie I want to talk about is We Can Be Heroes, which is written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. It's a Netflix original film. Stars Yaya Gosselin as Missy Moreno, Leon Daniels as Noodles, Andy Walken as Wheels, Hala Finley, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Ojo, or I think it's Ojo. Or is it Ojo? Oyo? I think it was Oyo. I, I can't fucking remember. Lotus Blossom playing a cappella. Uh, Dylan Henry Lau, playing slow-mo, which you're not going to recognize any of these kids, to be honest, but I'm just giving them credit anyway. Ange Diaz as Facemaker. Isaiah Russell Bailey as Rewind. Akira Akbar as Fast Forward. Um, Nathan Blair as Wild Card. Vivian Lyra Blair as Guppy. Uh, Priyanka Chopra, I believe is how you say your name. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice just cracked there. As Miss Granada, Pedro Pascal as Marcus Moreno, Adriana Bar- Barraza as Grandma Moreno, Boyd Holbrook as Miracle Guy, Christian Slater, Christian Slater? I forgot he was in this. Holy shit. As Tech Now. Uh, Jeffrey J. Dashaw as Shark Boy. So it's not Taylor Lautner anymore. But you do have Taylor Dooley coming back as Lava Girl. Um, Sung Kang as Blinding Fast which is basically their version of Flash Haley Reinhardt as Mrs. Fox and uh, Christopher McDonald as President Neil Anami. I think that's how you say it you also have Jay Quentin uh, Johnson as Crimson Legends uh, Brittany Perry Russell as Red Lightning Fury Jamie Perez as Invisigirl uh Brentley Hybron as crushing lo, crushing low, Rhiannon Rodriguez as Big Bean. Uh, oh God, I can't believe I just read out all that for this movie. I'm regretting my life decisions. Okay, this movie isn't terrible. It's probably not gonna end up on my top ten worst list, which I'm actually gonna hopefully try to get out by next week uh on the podcast uh this movie is obviously made for kids um and it's not a terrible movie but the effects are so bad that they made me want to just like I'm, i'm just gonna say it nicely it made me want the movie to be over in more points than one throughout the movie um Somehow we've gone backward in progress when it comes to digital effects from Spy Kids to now. Uh, At least in my opinion. I feel like the effects have gotten worse for Robert Rodriguez's uh, kid movies. And they're kind of like that for a reason. But at the same time, it's just like... You're really not making this easy for the parents that have to watch this shit. Because this is garbage, man. Ugh. It's just so many things about it. And then it's a lot of the writing is just really crappy. Um, The one thing I will say is that the kids are fun. They have fun with it. Uh, And some of the powers are kind of fun that they deal with in there. Uh, Pedro Pascal was definitely the best part of it. And he was barely in it, I feel like. (laughs) Um, It's not a bad movie. But I'm never going to watch it again, ever. Uh, And if somebody says, hey, I'm going to pay you to watch this, I would probably say, okay. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, other than that, I would rather not even remember that this existed. Uh, But, again, it's still somehow not, probably not going to end up on my top 10 worst of 2020, just because it is made for kids, and I think there are redeeming parts about it and also the bad effects are kind of done intentionally because that's kind of Robert Rodriguez's thing but yeah um alright got one more movie to talk about and then we will get into talking about Cobra Kai uh yeah so the last movie I want to talk about today is called Greenland um hold up let me find my notes for it here they are. So, this movie stars Gerard Butler as John Garrity, Morena Bachran as L- Allison Garrity, Roger Dale Floyd as Nathan Garrity, and that's basically the main cast. Uh, it's directed by Rick Roman. Wa? It's It's W A U G H. I think it's Wah. Okay. Written by Chris Sparling. Um, and this is a disaster movie. Basically, there's a comet called Clark, which I am pretty sure that's supposed to be a Superman reference. Could be wrong. But basically, it's coming very close to Earth, uh, and John Garrity ends up getting a presidential alert on his phone to get him his wife and his son to a secret uh top a top secret bunker uh for safety because as you will see in the in the beginning well towards the beginning of the film they're all around the TV and that's when it all starts um these fragments of the comet breaking up in the atmosphere and hitting different places around the uh, around the globe, pretty much. Uh, this easily could have been any other disaster movie, but the writing in here was very good um, and made you really care about the people that you were following, especially the kid. Like, loved the kid in here. They... Uh, Double Toasted has a really great review of it, and is actually what made me watch this movie. Um, and it almost one of my best of 2020 lists, but I, uh, eh, it's it wasn't quite there for me, I guess. But I still fucking enjoyed the hell out of this for being a disaster movie. They do a really good job at making the humans. It's sympathetic, which often doesn't happen in these disaster movies. It's just like, I don't really give a shit about you guys. I just, I'm here for the destruction. Which this movie is actually really light on destruction, too. Um, which I appreciate. They give you really good destruction moments. Um, but it's not just a fucking constant hailstorm of just fiery comments killing everything. Um, yeah, I mean... It's right up there with that movie. I forget what it's called, but, uh, the one with Tom Holland while he was young, where there was like that huge wave or whatever, just like, I forget what that's called, but, uh, yeah, I was watching some of that and I was like, this is just like too fucking real for me right now. And kind of freaking me out. Can't lie, disaster movies kind of freaked me out quite a bit. So, uh, uh, this movie definitely did its job. Um, I mean, not the scariest for me. Personally, but it did make me feel like, oh my god, I don't know what I would do in this situation, to be honest. Um, But yeah, there are all of my movie reviews for today. Again, I pretty much covered Trial of Chicago 7 in my uh, top 10 of 2020. Um, But yeah, now without further ado, let's get into talking about Cobra Kai Season 3. Alright, so. Season three of Cobra Kai. Uh, I'm not going to go over the cast of anything really, uh, like I did for the movies and shit like that, just because I really have a lot to talk about with this and just want to get into it pretty much. Um, but most people by now are familiar with Cobra Kai because it came on Netflix and that's when a lot of people started watching it and started falling in love with it, myself included uh, watched it for the first time around September, fell in love with it, been to watch both seasons and have watched both seasons multiple times now, um I've even seen season 3, you know close to 2 times now, I've haven't watched every episode twice but, uh, pretty close <laughs> um but yeah basically, if you don't want any spoilers for Cobra Kai, uh beyond this point uh Okay, um, I'm not gonna get into season three yet, but I am gonna talk about kind of where season two left off, and then I'll tell you when I'm gonna go into season three, uh, topics. But if you haven't seen up to the finale of season two, at least, stop listening here. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if y'all remember, Miguel got fucking yeeted off, uh, off a balcony. Broke his back and shit. Um. And that was. Because of Robbie. Uh. Played by Tanner B. Cannon. And uh. Yeah. Basically we're. The first episode is. Of uh. Season three. It's called Aftermath. And it's pretty much. just dealing with all. Of, all of. Kind of what happens. In uh. In that last episode of season two. Uh. Which you can imagine, um, it doesn't just span over that episode, it spans over the entire season, like the, the events of that that one last episode of season two. Uh, the, the entire season, in a way, is kind of dealing with the repercu- repercussions of that and also setting up other shit and also having different plot lines a little bit, but... Yeah, Um. now I'm going to start getting into real Season 3 territory. So if you have not watched Season 3 of Cover Kai, actually, uh, don't stop listening yet. Here's a general review. Um, love this show so much. It's my favorite show right now. I'm obsessed with it. And uh, yeah, just love these characters so much. My only complaint is it's getting real fucking, real, uh, real corny and over the top. And a big part of that is because John Crease. Um, uh, John Crease makes this show, uh, definitely a lot less realistic than a show about karate should be. Um, it's not always a bad thing, but he kind of is a little bit of a one-note villain. Uh, again, Double Toast had a great review and basically said it's like, he has a million ways to say uh, the strong outweigh the weak or whatever. There are like a million ways to say that <laughs> pretty much. It's like, yeah, he kind of he kind of does just say that a lot, but like in different ways of saying it. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, he's kind of my big problem with Cobra Kai right now. Uh, I agree with Double Toasted on that. It just makes it a little over the top. What also kind of makes it bad is the kids, uh, kind of make it unrealistic in certain parts. Like, kids don't fucking act like this. Uh, and then having, like rival karate gangs and shit like that. Like, it's fucking West Side Story with karate. It's just like, this is getting ridiculous at this point, but I still fucking love it. Uh I know that any gender can watch this show, but my analogy, watching this uh, uh, on the Friday it came out, I was like, this is like a soap opera for dudes, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean I, I fucking love it still. There's so many things I loved about this season. And uh if you haven't watched this season, I would say no you should stop listening. Uh because I'm gonna get into spoil into some spoiler territory here. Um Probably not gonna talk about as much spoilers as I uh I thought I was. Maybe I will. We'll see. Uh but yeah, basically in this season, you know, one thing I really didn't like is... Well, it's not that I didn't, I didn't like it, but it was just like, oh wow, it's super unrealistic is how fast Miguel healed. It's just like, you know, they're telling Johnny that he was born to be a sensei, but I think he was born to be a physical therapist, apparently, because this man works miracles. Um. But... I mean, I was happy to see Miguel back up on his legs, you know after what happened to him, I was you know everybody would hope for a speedy recovery, but realistically it really it went by quick, <laughs> also with uh Dimitri breaking his arm, it's just like for an episode and a half, he has a cast on, and it's just like, all right, well, not any not broken anymore. let's do some karate. <laughs> it's just like shit limbs take a while to uh to heal and shit like that man like months possibly even close to a year or years depending on how bad the break is um you could never walk again even which you know they talked about that with miguel and shit like that but it's just like yeah this is completely unrealistic uh but at least it's not a medical show because if it was, it's it would just be like, oh, God, this is just horrid and nothing like uh, real-life medical anything, <laughs> um, which is basically just Grey's Anatomy. No, I'm just kidding. I've never watched that show, so I wouldn't know. Um, but yeah, uh, really hate fucking Tori. She's... At the beginning of the season, she was like, oh, I feel really guilty for what happened, and it's my fault. And I was like, yes, it, it it was your fault. You literally came into the school, went on the PA, and started talking like a school shooter. You're a crazy bitch and should be in prison. I'm sorry for acting mean, but she's a crazy bitch and should be in prison. I don't give a fuck if her mom is sick and she has to take care of her brother and her fucking uh landlord's a perv. And and she has to work two jobs. That gives her no fucking right to be as fucking ignorant as she is. Like going in the last episode, going over to the Lurso's house and starting a fight and literally trying to like fucking murder Sam. It's like what the fuck is the end goal here? What do you think is gonna happen once you murder her? Huh? Everything is just gonna be perfect and Miguel's gonna be like, Oh, I love you, Sam. No, you're gonna go to fucking prison if you don't already go to prison for not even killing her but breaking and entering and assaulting people all these people should fucking go to prison <laughs> but um yeah also hawk just switching sides mid fight uh i i found kind of eh but also they were kind of alluding to it like uh he feels guilty for all this shit fine but at the same time it kind of just felt like uh Oh, yeah, mid-fight. And just like, ugh, man, all right, I've had enough of this. Uh, I, all right, you know what? Fine, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But still, he was kind of a prick for a lot of this this season. Um, and then, holy shit, Allie came back for a few episodes, like uh two and a half, I think, or something like that. Um, really great to see her man it any any scene with her in this this season I found just fucking she stole the show when she came on um yeah, I was really happy to see her, and I hope she comes back again in the future, but obviously not for like a big role uh or like a big part of the show i just I just want her to like cameo here and there and you know kind of call Daniel and Johnny out on their shit. Like, when she was talking to them. Oh, I think you guys are more alike than you th- than you like to admit. And it's like, that's what I've been saying the whole time. <laughs> but, um, also fucking loved Amanda LaRusso in this season. She's a fucking... She's just so great. Um. Then we also went to Okinawa with Daniel. And saw Kumiko from the second Karate Kid film. As well as, uh, Chosen. And... Holy shit. I just enjoyed anything. Kumiko, like, I was happy to see her and Daniel together talking about where their lives have gone. But when Daniel's with Chosen, that's when it really... Because Chosen was an all-out bad guy in the second one. Literally, they were fighting to the death at the, the climax of that movie. But now, he, he he kind of don't know if he's a good guy at this point. But over time, you, you see, like, this guy's great and has completely redeemed himself. And I love him so much for it. Don't think we're going to end up seeing either Chosen or Kumiko again in the show. I think it was just kind of a one-time thing. But I was happy to see them for the small amount of time that they were there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I really fully want to talk about a whole lot, because I'm actually going to be talking about Cobra Kai Season 3 more with my friend Dallas at some point during this month, so kind of saving some of my thoughts for that. Um... So, sorry if this isn't, like, as in-depth as as you would like it to be, but just know that there's more Cobra Kai talk coming in the future. Um, But, yeah, I don't really think there's anything else I want to touch on. Anything else I would want to touch on, I kind of just want to talk about with my friend Dallas, because we both... I was hanging out with them today, and we were watching Cobra Kai Season 3 a little bit, and both just really talking about it and stuff, and I was like, oh, we really need to do a podcast about this. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got for Cobra Kai today. So, uh, might not be the longest review for it, but I just kind of wanted to save some shit. I'm sure you guys understand. But, um, yeah. That is all for today. Um, let me plug my social medias. I am on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. Instagram used to be pop underscore culture underscore podcast, but I changed it to just pop, pop culture podcast. That way, the Facebook and the Instagram are the same. So, once again, that is at Pop Culture Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I am also on uh, YouTube now if you search Pop Culture podcast, um, or if you go to the link in the bio of my Instagram account, should be, uh, should be a link to the YouTube account. So go subscribe, go watch the videos there. Got every episode on there, um, and we'll be uploading episodes regularly uh, as they come out onto YouTube as well. Um, soon I'll have a video version of the podcast um, not for every episode but for specific guest episodes specifically the one I'm going to be doing uh, I believe on the 22nd with Matt Lane Fitness from YouTube go check him out you might know him from the My Friend Watches series where him and Holden Hardman uh, watched the MCU for the first time and Star Wars and shit like that uh, so yeah go check out Holden Hardman and uh, Matt Lane Fitness Very excited to have him on via Zoom. And again, that will be a video version of the podcast for that episode only. Um, And we'll probably have more video podcasts again in the future when I have guests and shit like that. And once I have more equipment and a set studio area. But yep, just kind of putting it together as I go sometimes. Uh, Also on my Facebook, I have a... uh, place where you can donate to help me raise money to get more equipment for the podcast. I would very much appreciate it if you went and donated as as little as a dollar. Um, I would I would appreciate it no matter what amount you put in. Um, it just helps so I can afford to get mics and cameras and just all this different equipment that I want to get for the podcast so it can be as best as I can make it um thank you guys so much for listening i'll see you in the next episode by the way sorry this episode came out a day later than it you than the episodes usually do just kind of how it went uh this time around but should be back next saturday with my friend jacob actually we're going to be talking about my hopefully my top 10 worst movies of 2020 if i end up uh watching what i need to watch in time for that but we'll also be talking about GTA because him and I play that quite a bit, and uh, he has a lot of insight on that game and other games in general, like No Man's Sky and uh, uh, um, uh, what's it called Subnautica and a bunch of other other games. We'll probably end up talking about, um, and we'll also be talking about stuff like the Mandalorian and Disney Pixar movies, uh, Invader Zim. Um, and that's all I'm going to say for now, but yeah, I'll be back next Saturday, most likely with my friend Jacob. So see you guys later. <laughs>